Good morning, family. When we come to this text today, we discover one of the greatest passages ever found in the Word of God. Because it's a story about being called, chosen, and commissioned by God to do a great work in the earth. We can learn many things from this lesson today, RCC. But I think the most important thing to remember is that God specializes in doing the impossible. This lesson this morning is about God moving to do something great in the earth in the life of an unsophisticated, unsuspecting, unqualified, poor young lady. She literally becomes a poster child of what God can do in the life of a person who nobody thinks anything about. Today, let's look at Mary, God's chosen vessel for discipleship in the earth. There are four points I want to examine today for us. Let's look at Mary's announcement, Mary's anxiety, Mary's assignment, and Mary's answer. And may the word of the Lord comfort us as we continue to go forward as a church for his honor and glory. Mary's announcement in verse 26. The Bible says it was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Remember on last week I was talking about Zacharias and how God uh, gave him and his bride a baby? Well, it's six months now that Elizabeth has been pregnated by her husband, and God is going to give them this beautiful child. Verse 27. That God sent a, a Gabriel, verse 26, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, verse 27, to a little virgin girl whose name was Mary. And Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Let's unpack this. The first thing we see in this verse is that when God <clears throat> got ready to give Mary this unsuspecting announcement, <clears throat> he did it in a powerful way. He sent an angel to deliver the message. I was pondering over this this week and thinking about how profound this must have been and why God did it. See, I believe God wanted this encounter with this young woman to be transformational. And he wanted this encounter to be one she would never forget. See, the second thing we see in this verse, God not only chooses an unlikely person, but he chooses an unlikely place to pick himself a servant in Nazareth of Galilee. Nazareth was this tiny little village that had a bad reputation. The people there were not thought highly of. In fact, they were never chosen in scripture to do anything from God. Check the biblical record. This is the first time Nazareth comes on the map where God is doing something. The third thing I see in these two verses here is that God selects for himself an unlikely choice as a vessel to carry his son. Here's what I learned, family. Whenever God is up to something in the earth, 
like he was 12 years ago for RCC, he always uses the unqualified. He always uses the least likely candidate to accomplish what he desires. See, God tends to use the one who everyone else has written off. That's how you know it's the Lord. That's how I got here today. My background and track record does not qualify me to be anybody's pastor. I believe an amen goes right there. The Old Testament, the other thing I learned in this passage, had promised that God was going to bless the world through the family or the lineage of Abraham. Joseph, Mary's fiance, was a descendant of King David, who was a descendant of Father Abraham. Altogether, they made 42 generations. God's promise through Abraham was finally come to pass. And he was going to use Mary to marry Joseph to bring his promise into the world. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. I learned from this one verse that God is a God who keeps his word. Can I get a witness right there? Beloved, if God said he would do it, you can count on it. He's not like man that he should lie, the scripture says. Listen, if God said you can trust him, RCC, you can count on him. If God said he would fix it, you can count on him. If God said he would make it happen, what, beloved? You can count on him. The Bible said in verse 28 that Gabriel appeared to Mary and he said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I need all the ladies in the house to say amen right there. The next thing we see in this verse is that the angel not only delivers Mary a blessing, but he delivers her a promise. Here it is. The Lord is with you, daughter. What a word. What a promise for the daughters of God today. Well, who is the Lord? In the Greek language, the word Lord is the word kurios, and it means the supreme one, the one who has all authority, all power. That God is on your side. Wow, what a promise, what a blessing, but what a word of power. Now, why was that important? Well, this word of exhortation was a blessing for her because she was a little poor village girl who never had any power, who never had any authority, who never had any position, who never had any glory. But now the God of heaven and earth has showed up and is about to, Miriam, change her world. I feel like preaching today, so excuse me if I get a little excited. Let me tell you why this is important. Because the Lord was with Mary. She found favor now in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord was with Mary, and she would receive this special grace from God. Because the Lord was with Mary, she would be encouraged to trust in him. And this is good because, beloved, if God is with you, he can use you. If God is with you, nothing can stop you. If God is with you, No need uh, to worry about somebody else trying to stop what God is doing. If God is with you, you've got more than enough on your side. I don't know who I'm talking to today, 
but I'd like to encourage you. This text is teaching me several things. That one, God can use poor people in the earth. It teaches me that God can use the nobodies like me in this world. It teaches me that God can use the person with no high school diploma, no college degree, the one who don't believe they'll amount to anything. God can give favor to whoever God wants to give favor to. And that's why I encourage you today, don't ever write anybody off. Don't ever claim any baby that, not, that they're not important to God. Listen, if God brought them into the world, God's got a plan for their life. Can I get an amen right there? This text teaches me that God can use those people that you and I don't think can amount to anything. And I need to come off my script here for just a moment and say, all of us have a family member that we think is not going to be any good. All of us know somebody that we think is just a waste of breath. Let me correct our thinking today. There is no such thing as a mistake if you've been born. It's not how you get here. Right? It's about the God who brought you here. I just said something right here. I'll say it again for the people in the back. It's not how you get here. Right? It's what God intends to do with you now that you're here. Can I get a witness right there? When God calls humanity into existence, he calls them for a reason. God calls humanity into existence so they can live and prosper and give him honor and glory in the earth. So praise God that he gave birth to RCC. He has plans for RCC. So let's praise God. Can we give God some praise for our church being here 12 years? What I like about this passage is when the time was right, God came down to save mankind. And he was going to do it by using a little girl, Pastor John, a vessel of service and honor for his glory in the earth. We looked at what happened when the angel gave Mary her announcement. Let's look now at what happened when Mary got anxious. The Bible says in verse 29 and 30, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. He said to her, don't be frightened, Mary, for God has decided to bless you. Let me unpack this for us. When we come to this portion of the text, we see that, first of all, the call of God or the announcement over Mary's life is alarming to Mary or it makes her anxious. See, Mary becomes alarmed because the messenger Gabriel appeared to her and gave her the word of the Lord. See, Mary never thought of herself as having favor from the Lord. Mary never thought of herself as being blessed and highly favored among all women. Why, pastor? Well, because Mary was poor. She was from the ghetto streets of Nazareth. She had no money, beloved. She had no education. She had no political power. She was just a struggling teenager like everyone else. And now she finds out that the Lord, the kudios, the supreme one, is on her side. Like any other teenager, she, she doesn't have a clue what this means. 
So Gabriel has to comfort her with the charge to not be afraid because God has decided to bless her. Here's what I learned in this passage. Mary did not ask for this. Mary did not expect this. She did not try to line her up, herself up to be something great in the earth for God. All she had to do was be on the Lord's heart. Huh. This blessing was God's doing. This blessing had heaven's choice written all over it. Here it is. This was a just because I want to blessing. And no man could stop this blessing. No man could block this blessing. I'm talking to my young daughters here today, ladies. Listen to me. If God has decided to bless you, he decided before you were born. <laughs> and that's why God has a word for our young ladies in the church today. God has a word for our young men in the church today. God has decided to bless you and bring you into the earth for his honor and his glory. Now, now, though Mary had this call now upon her life, this call was going to make her uncomfortable with God. It was going to call her to do something no other teenager had ever done. <laughs> I like that right there. Why? Mary is getting ready to step into history as the agent of God in the earth. Nobody else in human history would have the testimony of Mary after God got through with her life. So naturally, when she hears this call, she's alarmed. And even though she's alarmed, she can still trust him and not be afraid of what God was going to do in her. Here's what I learned from this passage. Don't you know, if God is going to do something in the earth, in your life, you don't have to be afraid. If God has called you to trust him in the earth, don't be afraid to do it. If God has called you to believe in his promise, beloved, don't be afraid to do what it is God has called you to do. General George Patton said these familiar words, dads. He said, courage is fear. Holding on one minute longer. He said, if you give in to your fears, then you're on the path to defeat. But if instead you stand strong in spite of your fears, then you are on the path to victory. That is so good right there. We've looked at what happened when God gave Mary her announcement. We've looked at what happened when Mary got anxious. Let's look now at Mary's assignment. Verse 31, 32, and 33. The angel tells her, Mary, you will become pregnant. You're going to have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Beloved, when we come to this portion of the text, we see that the angel gives Mary what I call as her earthly assignment for God. And in her assignment, he 
uh, he was going to invite Mary to join him in what he wanted to do in the earth. But this calling was going to cause for Mary to have to make major adjustments to what God wanted to do with her in her life. I just said something right there. I promise you I just said something. Because anytime God asks you to do something, it always calls for you to make the adjustments. Not God. He's God. Can I say some more? God's agenda for Mary would now dictate how she would have to live for him in the earth. See, according to Mary's assignment, Mary's life was going to have to change. She was going to change physically. As a young girl, she would go from being a virgin to now carrying a baby. And it was no ordinary baby. This was the God of the universe. So she was going to have to change from being an ordinary teenager to now a mother. She was going to change from being nobody to the greatest woman who ever lived. She was going to become a vessel for God. Watch this. In her own redemption story. <laughs> Mary's baby, Pastor John, was destined for greatness. He would be the greatest human being who ever walked the planet. And this little girl, this teenage young woman, was going to be the one who had the honor to live for God like that in the earth. What a big assignment. Okay, just in case I missed you, here's the application. Just like Mary, you and I who named the name of Christ, we have been given an assignment that's bigger than anything in the world. Just like Mary, you and I have the privilege of serving for and with God in the earth. Just like Mary, we too have the responsibility of doing something bigger than ourselves in this world. We've been given the joy, RCC, to carry Jesus everywhere we go. We too have been chosen to carry the word, to take it places where it's never been. Just like Mary, we too have been called and filled with the Spirit of God to deliver his word to all those that will hear. See, you are somebody. Twelve years, we should sit up straight, throw our shoulders back, and recognize who we are and whose we are and why we are here and what the agenda and the mission of God is in the earth. Everybody, hey, doesn't have this privilege, RCC. Some churches didn't make it 12 years. Some churches never got off the ground. But the favor of God has been upon you. If I'm a little loud, I'm turning it up today. Just like Mary, we've got an assignment. But because of our assignment, it means we got to change everything about ourselves. Mary went, again, ladies, talk to me right here. She went from being uh, a teenager to a mom, which means she had to change what she eat. She had to change the way she walk, change the way she sat. Come on, talk to me, mothers. You know how that goes, right? She had to change everything about her physically to accommodate what God wanted to do in the earth. I'm trying to contain myself, but I see a picture here. It's the same thing with you and I. When we become born-again believers, our lives are no longer our own. 
We must shift physically. We must shift mentally. We must shift psychologically to accommodate what God wants to do in us and through us for his honor and his glory. In our church, RCC, we've been called to carry the Lord everywhere we go. We've been called as a community to tell the world about the one who lives in us, who's growing in us, who has called us to be witnesses for him in the earth. We as a church community are to be filled with the love of God for a dying humanity. Well, we've looked at Mary's announcement. We've looked at Mary's anxiety. We've looked at Mary's assignment. Let's look now at Mary's answer. If you're listening, say amen. If you're uncomfortable, say hallelujah. <laughs> Mary's answer, verse 34 and 35. Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit, Mary, is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby born to you will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, Mary, your cousin Elizabeth, she became pregnant in her old age. He begins to tell her about another miracle. And people used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month. For Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Mary responds, here's her answer right here. I'm the Lord's servant, and I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said, Gabriel, come true. And then the angel left. I love this story. It's more than a Christmas story. It's a story of being called, chosen, and commissioned. Thank you, RCC, for listening. And when we come to the final portion of this text, there are several things happening in this verse. One, Mary is confused about how God is going to use her physically when she feels like she's not qualified. Secondly, somebody here today may be feeling like Mary. Perhaps you're feeling the same way. I'm not qualified to tell anybody about the love of God. I'm not qualified to physically carry the word of God. I'm not qualified to do anything on behalf of God. Pastor, well, I'll stop by to tell you, according to the Bible, nothing is impossible for God. Can I get a witness? Second thing I see in this text is he says, here's how you're going to be able to do it. The Holy Spirit <laughs> is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. I like that right there. It's Mary's answer to her question. This reference is, is to tell Mary that this can only be done by God, for God, with God, and because of God. That's how your assignment can be accomplished. See, when God does the supernatural in the life of his children, they are always promised the power to accomplish the task. I wish I had the ability to 
implant this in your hearts and mind this week as you go out into a dark and dying world and the spirit prompts you to do something but you pull back in fear and reservation feeling like you're not qualified. I wish I had the ability to just pop on the screen of your mind and say, you can do it. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary literally is going to be filled with God herself. And this is how she'll be able to do what God is asking her to do. The power will be delivered to her in order for her to bring him honor and glory. Finally, the third thing I see in this passage is this. Gabriel gave her an example of what God was doing in other people's lives. So he brought up the story about her cousin Elizabeth. He gave a testimony of some other case that looked impossible. Elizabeth was old and way past bearing years, but God gave her a baby when she least expected it. And he uses Elizabeth's story to write Mary's story. Did you see that? Why? Mary needed a witness, and God gave her one. You may be here today, and you need a witness. Just look next to you. God has always given you witnesses of what he's able to do. Finally, after hearing about Elizabeth and what God could do in her life, Mary's answer, here it is, is remarkable. My brothers and my sisters, Mary says, I am the servant of the Lord. Well, what happens? She accepts the assignment that God has given to her. She says, and I'm willing to do what God wants me to do. Here it is. Mary becomes a youth on a mission for God. Excuse me, old people. Let me talk to the young people in the crowd for just a moment. God has always used young people to transform the world. Those 12 group of men that he called were all young men that God had a call on their life to do great things in the earth. It's not that he doesn't use old people, but I've learned when I check the biblical record, he uses young people to make a difference for him in the earth. So don't let anybody despise your youth, young people. Don't let anybody tell you you're too young to live for God. You're too young to give your life to God. You're too long to have a vision and a mission and a dream to do something for God in the earth. But then let me circle back around and talk to the old people. You're not too old. If there's life in your body and breath, there's a possibility that God ain't through with you yet. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom, who feels like I've lived beyond my calling. I should have did that in my 20s. No, the 40s is the new 20. And you can still be used by God in the earth. How do I know? He's kept you here. He's alive in you. The word of God is alive, and sinners are still all around you. That's evidence that God has a plan for your life, and he's willing to use you. Well, I got to leave you now. I'm about out of my preaching minutes. But I thank God for Mary today. She's an example of trusting in the Lord, even when you don't fully understand. What a servant. What a believer. What a mother for a savior. Mary was a vessel of the Lord and one of the greatest servants there ever was. God uses women in the scriptures. Don't you ever forget that, brothers. He uses young people in the scripture. Don't you ever forget that. But number three, he always uses the unqualified. Man, woman, boy, or girl. 
he was going to give her a baby. And this baby was going to be the greatest baby that ever touched the earth. This baby was going to give sight to the blind. This baby was going to give hearing to the deaf. This baby was going to conquer the demoniac. This baby was going to be able to walk on water. This baby would feed 4,000 people with two fish and a few loaves of bread. This baby would preach like no man had ever preached. This baby was so huge in his ministry, he said, look, no man takes my life. I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. And this baby willingly went to the cross to save you and I from being separated from a holy God. This baby had a life that mattered, and I believe his mother had a lot to do with it. This baby was the savior of the world. He died on a Friday, was buried, was placed in a borrowed tomb, and early Sunday morning, God the Father raised him back to life, conquering death, hell, and the grave, and this baby became a man who's sitting right now at the right-hand throne of God, making intercession for you and for I, calling us, commissioning us, and choosing us to continue the work that he started in the earth. I don't know about you, but I want to run for this Savior. I'm through preaching, but I made myself a list today. Well, what has God called RCC to? What has he chosen you for? What has he commissioned you to? Check this out. Did you know, RCC, God called you from labor to rest? Matthew 11, 28. He called you from death to life, 1 John 3.14. He called you from bondage to liberty, Galatians 5 and 13. He called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, 1 Peter 2 and 9. He called you from bondage to peace, 1 Corinthians 7.15. He called you to the fellowship of his dear son, 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. And what are the results of your obedience to his call? Here they are. You have been made sons of God. That's why you're different than the world. John 1 and 12. You've been made the children of God. Galatians 3 and 26. You've been made the servants of God. Matthew 25, 21. We've been made God's saints. Colossians 1 and 1. We've been made God witnesses. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 10. We are made workers together with God. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. One more. We have been called to a high calling. The highest calling in the universe. Philippians 3, 14. So whatever your calling and commission is, whatever RCC we do in this next year, if the Lord delays his coming, let's produce results. Heard a funny story this week on my way to the office. Story is told about a preacher who died and he went to heaven. And when he got to heaven, he noticed that his cab driver had been given a higher place than he had. And so he went to Brother Peter. He said, Brother Peter, 
I don't know about the policies of heaven, but how come this cab driver has got a better mansion than me? Peter said, well, Reverend, what happened when you preached? The preacher said, well, sometimes they fell asleep in the congregation. Sometimes nobody ever came back. They didn't do anything. Peter said, exactly. But every time this man drove a cab, everybody prayed. <laughs> That's just a joke, but here's the point. The point is, your ministry on earth ought to be producing results. Let me drop this question on you. RCC, what's our results? Does the neighborhood know we're here? Do your family members know you're here? Do your neighbors that live next to you know you're a Christian? What are your results? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the precious privilege of being called, being chosen, and being commissioned by you. Thank you for the indwelling power of your Holy Spirit who empowers us to produce results, who empowers us to live for you in a fallen world. God, we come with humble hearts thanking you for 12 years of ministry, thanking you for birthing us in the Cho home on that day. Thank you for all of the elders that poured into us and the teachers and pastors that came through to encourage us. And here we stand wanting to produce results. I want to pray particularly today for our youth that, God, they would see themselves as being agents of God. For the parents who are raising the leaders for the future, that they would see the value and see the divine call that you have on their babies in their homes. Help us, O oh God, to change everything about us, physically, mentally, psychologically, spiritually, to join you in what you're doing in the earth. Help us to be like Mary and to say, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm willing to do for you whatever you ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.